it's less about, you know, finding the hidden gem of, uh, you know, a story or a secret that no one's known about this person. It's more about, you know, creating something uh, that's going to further uh, brand objectives. Hello, and welcome to Freelance Pod. My name's Sachandrika Chakrabarti, and I'll be your host. Freelance Pod is all about how the internet has revolutionised work. Each week, I'll speak to someone working in a creative field and ask them how their industry has moved from an analogue to a digital age or how the internet has invented their job. If you like what we're talking about in the podcast, please do get involved on social. You can find Freelance Pod on Instagram as at FreelancePod, on Twitter as at Freelance underscore pod underscore. There's a Facebook group called Freelance Pod. And you can also sign up for the newsletter. The URL is in the show notes. Don't forget that the success of this podcast relies on you, the listeners. If you do enjoy it, please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes. This means that other listeners will find out that this podcast exists and they'll come and join us too. This episode's guest is Deanna Chopra, executive editor over at Contently. Now, if you're a freelance journalist and you've been trying to work out how to make ends meet, you've probably looked into content marketing. And Contently is probably one of the most famous platforms that enables you to do that. So Deanna talks me through um, how to build an interesting looking portfolio, how to um, present yourself as someone who would be a good storyteller for brands, and also what kind of interviewing techniques you might need for interviewing people who are not used to being interviewed. It's kind of a modification of journalism interviewing techniques. So a really informative episode. Deanna was very forthcoming and had loads to tell me. And with a background as a journalist, she kind of really understands what we're going through in terms of trying to move into content marketing. Don't forget that Contently also has a blog called The Freelancer, where you can read lots of stuff written by other freelancers about freelancing. And I had my first piece published over there this weekend. And it's kind of a love letter to this podcast and quite a personal look at why I decided to launch this just over six months ago the podcast's six month anniversary was on April the 10th this year and um, yeah I'm, I'm so glad I began this and it's it's made me more creative overall I feel and I go into much more detail in the piece so do go and have a look if you're interested so let's hear from Deanna my name is Deanna Chopa, and I'm the executive editor here at Contently. I'd say I'd say journalism was uh, my first real career, if you consider career vocation. Um, I spent some time after my undergrad years figuring out what I was going to get into, uh, whether it was the pursuit of music, which was one area. Um, or writing. Uh, I did, uh, I dabbled in tech for a few years, um, sort of just as a way to pay the bills at first. And then I kind of uh, fell into um, a track at a small uh, tech startup. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I actually, I actually thank my lucky stars that I did take a little while before I ended up uh sort of making the decision to commit to journalism. Um, I think my years at a tech startup, even though that wasn't in any way what my education background was, sort of facilitated an understanding of how business was run, how teams were run, how to, you know, manage projects and programs. 
and uh, frankly, you know, was when I met with editors later on would tell me was something that they actually really liked about my background. So even though it wasn't, uh, it's it sort of come full circle now with Contently, but even though it wasn't necessarily a passion back then, it still um, was kind of all of a piece with where I ended up. Um, so yeah, so I, I made the decision after spending a few years um, uh, kind of trying this and that to uh you know, commit to journalism. I went uh, back to graduate school at NYU uh, and uh, got my master's in their magazine program. Um, I think magazines always, magazine writing always appealed to me uh, for sort of long form look at and deep dive uh, look at specific topics. Um, I loved the, you know, the sort of tactile element of magazine and the way that design uh, sort of influenced and was influenced by the text, um, even though I'm, I'm not a great designer myself. Um, so yeah, I, I went back to school, um, focused on magazines, and ended up at a regional magazine uh, here in New York um, out of grad school, which really gave me a nice firm basis in the editorial process in what, in what constituted good storytelling. Um, you know, I, I would advocate that everybody who work for a local, regional, uh, or a city or state magazine at some point, I think it teaches you not only how to report, uh, but how to craft stories for a very specific audience um, in a way that sometimes it's harder to do when your audience is national or global. Uh, so that was that was a really good grounding for me, um, and I was there for a little while before uh, I sort of heard the siren call of content. Uh, I was invited by a mentor of mine who was also had been in journalism for many many years. Um, was you know helped run a, a major magazine along with his business partner, and I was invited to join um, a boutique uh, content marketing firm that they were starting up in New York City. And I, I wasn't sure at first. I think I sort of, you know, he had brought it up a few times in our conversations and I had sort of waffled back and forth. There was part of me that was like, oh, content marketing, you know, I'm just, I'm selling out, you know, I'm a journalist. How dare you? Uh, but, but the more I got, the more I saw where content was going and the more I sort of understood that storytelling was as critical to content marketing as it was to journalism, uh, the the easier the transition became. Not that it was that not that it was very easy. I definitely had to sort of rewire my brain. Um, but yeah, so I I, I um, spent some time contracting with that content marketing firm and at the same time was uh, introduced to Contently also as a freelancer for many years. Um, I started out writing for Contently clients um, and then moved into a freelance managing editor position uh, for a number of years um, before I moved in-house in October of 2017, I guess it was. Um, so I've, you know... Contently is a company that at its core was created for and uh, by and from <laughs> um, and all of the prepositions, uh, freelancers. 
So I think it, it, it helped a lot that I had a background in full-time freelancing, that I had uh, my roots were in journalism and storytelling, but that I could uh, understand what brands were were looking to do. And, and a lot of that just came through interviewing them, applying the same sort of interview techniques I did in journalism to uh, speak to brands and try to understand what they were trying to accomplish with their content. So that was a little rambling and long-winded, but so has my path been up to this point. Um, there's not much a much more concise way of talking about it. I run... Uh, the Freelancer, our uh, blog for freelancers, by freelancers, for Contently. And, um, you know, so a lot of times I get questions um, from readers or uh, even, you know, from some of the freelancers that we work with regularly about the transition and what they can apply from journalism. And, and what's a little ironic is that, you know, I, I also work with our clients very closely with our brands. So it's funny because uh, I see um, I see some nerves from journalists about making that transition, and uh, what I see from brands is this uh, fierce appetite for journalism level storytelling. So they come to us and they say, "We want people who've written for X, X, and X. We want this caliber of storyteller. You know, we want this." So they're they're hungry for journalists. And I think all journalists who are maybe either have been made redundant or are looking to um, create a new income stream for themselves or just expand their uh, portfolio and their skill level, all they have to do is sort of raise their hands, show what they've done and, you know, where they've been. And the brands are, are ready to kind of scoop them up. And they have been for some time. I think what's different now is that... Um, in the past, brands were leaning very, very heavily on the journalists and the freelance writers and videographers and photographers and designers to lead the way uh, in terms of the direction of their content. And now brands are have sort of bought in um, or are starting to buy in at greater rates when it comes to the value of content and the value of storytelling and how integral it is to what they do, to their marketing and to their brand definition, to their reputation building, to their loyalty building. Um, you know, I think before it was something that they heard, you know, their marketing team heard or got some notice from the CMO that they had to start doing content. And they did it because they were told to do it. And now you see, I think as as some, you know, people with journalism backgrounds or editorial backgrounds move into the marketing space, they're, they're, they're sort of uh, nurturing those early seeds. And we're starting to see them, brands get smarter about the kind of content they want to produce. They're getting more ambitious, uh, which means that they need people who can execute at a very high level. And they're under, I think they're understanding the value of a collaborative partnership with editorial. So, um, you know, it's not, they're not no longer just soliciting ideas so that they can fill up a content calendar. They're being much more studied and much more conscientious about the stories that they produce. And in some cases, they're producing less content, but each piece, each unit of content is at a much higher level of quality 
which means that they need uh, journalists who really know what they're doing. Um, so I think, I mean, which is all to say that, you know, I think the, the, it might not, there might never have been a better time than now to, to sort of expand and look into content as, uh, as a, an income stream, a revenue stream, or, uh, you know, a vocation even. Uh, and the same goes for editors as well. It's not just writers. We have a very active pool of freelance editors who um, manage our, the freelance writers and designers uh, and multimedia creatives in our network. And most of them come from journalism as well. And, and they're really, like any good editor, they're really um, attuned to audience and they're um, attuned to the needs of the clients. And they're sort of... Um, able to marry the two in uh, really smart ways and, um, you know, help guide both the freelancers and, uh, and the clients. Um, so, so I think that just to set the stage, I think that there's ample opportunity out there. I mean, we're certainly seeing it with our brands and with our freelancers uh, to make the transition insofar as how to make it. And the skills that transfer, um, you know, I, I think for myself, probably the most valuable, I say my, the two most valuable skills as a journalist, uh, no matter what your, your medium is, your, the two most valuable skills you can bring to content marketing are your ability to interview and engage an interviewee and ask the right questions. And your ability to ideate. Um, if you can create great ideas based on uh, the needs and objectives of your client brand, um, if you can help them get one step closer to their marketing or business goal through your story ideas. Um, and that means taking a very, very close look and really ensconcing yourself or embedding yourself in what they're trying to accomplish and what their strategy is. And those are all things that we provide to our freelancers on the platform when they are staffed to a brand publication. They have access to the content strategy, um, you know, to the topic areas, of course, to voice and tone guidelines, things like that, editorial style guides. Um, I think that the more you can ensconce yourself there, the more valuable you'll be to a brand because they're looking, if not for mind readers, they're looking for people who are willing to execute on their behalf and can do so, like I said, at a high level. Um, that's ideation. Um, I think when it comes to the interview skills, um, you're, as a, as a content as a content writer, you're often speaking to people in, in some ways as you would as a journalist. Uh, you're, you might be doing just straight interviews, expert interviews, um, as you produce a piece of content, whether that's an article or blog, whether that's a white paper or ebook. Um, chances are you'll have, you know, a lot of the same kind of interviews you would have as a journalist. Uh, but you'll also be um, occasionally working with people who are not 
necessarily um, media savvy or, um, you know, used to sort of being in the spotlight. And that's especially true when you're working with subject matter experts in an institution, right? So a lot of our clients like to showcase or want to showcase their thought leadership, their expertise, their uh, what differentiates them at a um, at a, a, a data level or a content level, um, and I mean content in the general sense, not content marketing. And they will work very hard to make their data scientists, their engineers, their healthcare specialists, um, their executives. Uh, available. And that's not an easy thing to do for a marketer because those people are, are often held behind firewalls to protect their time. But they'll work very hard to make those people available to writers. Uh, and it's then the writer's job, and it's not always an easy one, to pull out whatever story uh, is being sort of held uh, by this subject matter expert. And it's, a, it's, it's an art, really. And it's not it's not as easy as necessarily interviewing somebody who's either A, used to being interviewed or has been sort of primed because, oh, hey, you know, I have this article being written about me or about my area of expertise and it's in this magazine and I sort of understand the soundbite concept. Um, So uh, if you are an extraordinary interviewer, if you know how to pull stories out of, people who are not necessarily used to telling stories, you're going to go very, very far in this business. Um, And because, you know, I think that's something that brands are getting, again, they're getting more and more savvy about. They're saying, you know, it's not just about talking about our products. It's not just about talking about our corporate social responsibility and our volunteer programs as a way of sort of bolstering the brand reputation. It's about demonstrating what differentiates us from the competition. And that's oftentimes locked in the minds of people uh, who are, who are in the trenches um, at the, at the business. We see this a lot with finance and banking and law, uh, healthcare, certainly engineering um, and tech. So I, I say that those are two critical skills uh, that you should not only keep honing, but also make very, very apparent when you're putting together a portfolio uh, to try to attract uh, content, uh, branded content work. One of the challenges is, is getting buy-in up front, right? They've probably been told by the marketing team that they have to do this because, um, you know, they're really... Uh, the marketing team really wants to highlight X, Y, Z about the brand this year, but that's not their day to day, you know? So they're, they're, they're set up. I think a lot of times they're set up to do this. The subject matter experts, I mean, are set up to do interviews and they sort of have a little bit of information, but not a lot. And they're a little nervous and they're uh, by and large, I find they're always sort of worried about saying the wrong thing because, you know, they're representing the brand, they're representing their employer. Um, so the best thing that you can do, and I think it's something that some journalists do already, but it's to sort of create a, sort of a, a mutual understanding, right, about what you're trying to accomplish with the piece, what kind of story, you know, the, you, you want to tell um, or your editor wants to tell. And that's something that certainly is, especially in newspaper journalism, right, you never want to lead 
your interviewee uh, or you try not to lead your interviewee. In content marketing, you're all working towards the same end, right? It's telling a great story about the brand um, uh, or about some element of the brand. So I think creating that mutual understanding where, you know, you're all on the same team, you're just trying to create a great story that will attract people for one of however many reasons, um, you know, that they can they can modify their answers whenever they want to, that, you know, uh, there will be eyes on this before it goes out to the world. And, you know, uh, ultimately, you know, this is the kind of story we're looking to tell. And then you, you, you can kind of go into it. I think that, of course, you don't want to, you want to, don't want to give too much away because then they just sort of give you rote answers. But I think you don't have to, you don't have to worry so much about that, about staying, about remaining, I guess I'll call it an outsider or remaining completely neutral, right? Because you're, you're, you're all working towards the same end. So it's, it takes a little while, and it took me a little while, too, before I could sort of um, abandon that notion of, of how to conduct an interview for brand. As a freelancer, once you take on that assignment from the, for the brand, you're on the brand side, and you're, you know, it, it's your job to help tell that story in the best way possible. Um, you know, so that, that was something that I think surprised me at first. And it took me a little while to realize that. It took me a little while to realize that, you know, we're, we're all aiming for the same thing here. Um, but I think once you do, once you can create that foundation of trust at the outset, um, most people, and every journalist knows this, like most people love talking about themselves and what they're doing, right? So if you're talking to a subject matter expert about something that chances are they're passionate about, if it's what they're an expert on, um, they're going to talk. They're going to give you plenty of information. It's your job to help uh, sort of shape the rest of the interview so that it, so that you can turn it into a story or into something that supports a story uh, rather than just a series of data points. But once you get over that hump and get them a little more relaxed um, and create that understanding, uh, they just they're, they're happy to talk. In journalism, oftentimes when we're, um, you know, uh, conducting an interview or reaching out to an interview, whether it's a celebrity or not, there's uh, an idea that there's, you know, chances are like you can get probably get a second interview if you forget something, um, you know, whether it's the company executive, an executive at the company or a subject matter expert chances are it's going to be very hard to get a second interview with them, right? Because they're conducting business. They're doing this on business hours. You know, they don't necessarily have uh, a movie or a cause to promote. Sure, they're, they're talking about the business, but this, isn't, this is most likely a piece of content that's going to live, you know, natively on their site. So it's not like they're, you know, the Atlantic is calling them or something like that. Chances are you're going to get one interview. So I'd say be as prepared as possible. Um, I think with content, there's, it's less, uh, I, I don't think you can count as much on that sort of freewheeling interview style where you just kind of have a conversation and you go for a walk with somebody and get coffee and see where it goes. Uh, you have a very specific objective. So I recommend, you know, having your questions laid out or at least the bare bones architecture of the interview laid out. Make sure you have the points that you know 
uh, your 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 brand contact wants to hit uh, in order to create the message they're going to create. Um, just just be as prepared as possible because it's um, it's less about you know finding the hidden gem of a uh, you know story or a secret that no one's known about this person. It's more about you know creating something uh, that's going to further uh, brand objectives. So that's the only other piece of advice I'd give about interviewing in the content space. Finance is one of the, our areas of, of highest demand. Um, I think that uh, finance, whether it's financial services or um, banks or, um, you know, invest, uh, wealth management, um, the finance uh, industry is uh, at a broad level understanding that it's not enough to put out, you know, credit and equity research, or it's not enough to talk if they're a consumer bank, you know, it's not enough to talk about um, their new high yield savings account, that they have to provide value outside of their products and services. And they're looking for the challenge with them is that they need journalists who can write credibly and who can understand um, some of the more um you know, intricate and in-depth um, details of the space and then distill it down in a way that your readership, whoever the readership is, whether it is a more sophisticated audience or whether it is um, more of a personal finance audience, can understand. Uh, so uh, depth of understanding, depth of expertise, uh, time in the industry is something that our uh, finance, and I would argue all the sort of highly regulated industry clients um, are, are very, very interested in. Um, if you can highlight that, they are going to be all over you <laughs> uh, looking for your work. Uh, tech, is, tech is another area, especially if you can speak to it from sort of a B2B uh, perspective, if you can speak to you know, um, I'm just trying to think uh, whether it's fintech or uh, security services. Um, you know, if you can speak at a level that will appeal to the CTO or the IT manager of, you know, at a Fortune 500, you're going to be, um, you're going to have work, right? That's, uh, they, again, it's, it's depth. It used to be, you know, five, six years ago. Everybody was doing this very high-level, top-of-funnel, pure awareness content, and they just thought if they could write about it lightly about a number of different topics and own those keywords, that was enough. People are now we're we're the, the the market has gotten sophisticated enough where people where brands are looking to demonstrate, like I was saying, thought leadership and expertise, right? So they want people who can write at a at a very sophisticated level. And and that's not all brands. There are certainly consumer tech brands who want people who can speak to the lay audience uh, all day. And that's wonderful. But if you're looking for to be paid top dollar per piece, uh, you know, the de that depth of experience is certainly going to go a long way. Um, the we're, we're starting to see um, content making inroads at um healthcare companies and uh, as opposed to health and wellness. So um, for a while, you know, it felt like everybody had a health and wellness blog, right? The top five acai bowls, 
to consume this week if you want to live forever. Um, now we're actually starting to see, you know, um, companies that are producing lab equipment and uh, companies that are producing blood testing equipment and, um, you know, or who, who deal in healthcare management, um, they are also in the content game now. And so the challenge there is to find people who, again, can understand and speak the language and the vernacular um, of these industries, but make it marketing friendly somehow, make it audience friendly. It's very hard to tell, you know, stories about um, a centrifuge. But if you under, but it's it's very if you can understand the value of uh, the centrifuge, um, you know it goes a long way to being able to to find stories to tell about it. And uh, so so brands are are looking for um, that level of expertise. You don't have to have worked in a lab before, but you have had to have a beat uh, that you know whether it was for a trade magazine or whatever that. Um, gave you sort of an insider insider access. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say those those industries, um, I think law is going to be a place, um, you know, law is, is pretty well represented in the content space. Um, obviously, it's highly regulated. Um, so I, I don't see as many, um, you know, law firms taking on freelancers, but uh, that might not be the case in a few years. Um, and of course, you know, consumer facing tech and lifestyle will, you know, there are, there are content writers who that's their bread and butter and they do great and they do fine just, just working with those travel, hospitality, the same. And, and what's nice about those brands is that because they've been in the content, they've been doing content for longer in a lot of cases than some of these more highly regulated industries, they're starting now to do much more advanced and, you know, frankly, much cooler content, right? So if you're, if you're looking to sort of stretch your skill set a little bit, um, I think you'll find that the hospitality space, the travel space, um, some lifestyle, um, and certainly tech is, uh, is looking to explore, you know, more advanced formats, uh, deeper dive storytelling, in some cases, um, move into genres outside of traditional content marketing. You know, I've seen uh, hospitality brands do uh, short fiction, um, you know, and, uh, you know, a tech brand, um, you know, do a beautiful uh, print magazine. So I think that the fact that some of these brands have been doing it for so long has allowed them now that they've kind of gained the confidence to try out some very, very cool uh, formats. So um, certainly I think you'll have the opportunity uh, to sort of spread your wings and fly in the, uh, in the lifestyle and consumer-facing space. And, but if you have depth of expertise um, in an industry, I, you know, you'll, also, you'll also be in high demand and will probably um, you know, make some good money. So I, I love being a generalist. Uh, I was I was kind of a generalist um, myself, and I think that what they can do is focus in a try, try. I would I would recommend at this point trying to 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 build up a beat 
if you can. If you're looking to get work tomorrow, then I would say, you know, for instance, if you're building or working on honing your Contently portfolio, uh, I would say uh, highlight your skill set, right? If, you're, if your clips cover a wide swath of subject matter area, then, um, you know, we offer a section on the site to talk about your skill level, like your skill set in particular areas, interviews, profiles, things like that. And we also have a, a short bio uh, that you can write. I would go really deep into what makes you um, a better contributor uh, than the next portfolio over, right? So talk about the kinds of people you've interviewed. Um, talk about your experience. If you have uh, other languages you can write fluently in, um, you know, focus, talk about that. Um, if there are sort of, um, if you can pick a sort of subtopic or subgenre, uh, in which you've worked, you know, it, it, it's one thing to say I worked in the travel space or I, I wrote about travel. It's another thing to be able to say, you know, I um, spent, you know, a year um, writing about, you know, Bolivia uh, or, I, you know, I, I have a special focus in this. I, I know we're talking about generalists, but I would argue that most generalists have something that's very much of interest to them and they can sort of shape a, a beat out of that. Um, you know, the way that we search for talent and the way that um, we have sort of a human component and a tech component, the way that we search for talent to staff our clients here at Contently and uh, post the humans and the, and the tech uh, look for, you know, keywords and they look for specific skill sets and areas of expertise. So the more specific you can get, um, I think the the likelier that you'll be uh, you'll catch the eye of um, you know who or whatever is looking for you on our platform. Um, so try try to shape some kind of beat from what you've done, even if you're even if you're a traditional generalist. Um, highlight special skills that you have. Um, highlight uh, formats that you have a depth of experience in writing or, um, you know, uh, uh, or producing. And certainly if you're kind of a, a, a double or a triple threat, if you have, um, if you can do design work, if you've worked on, even if you just worked co on a copy for infographics, if you have data visualization, um, anything like that, that can um, let us know or let brands know that you can not only help craft a story, but even if you're not the one designing it, you can think of it from a design perspective or you can think of it from a video perspective uh, is uh, going to go a really long way. So I think there are a lot of ways that you can differentiate. You just have to sort of pivot um, in one direction or the other. And, uh, you know, you can update your Contently portfolio at any time. So if you notice that, like, focusing in one area is not really working for you this month, you know, just, uh, you know, refocus it up. Change the order of your clips so that, you know, the, that you, so you've got uh, sort of clips of a feather, um, you know, stacked up at the top of your portfolio page. Um, you know, maybe write a little something about, that, uh, you know, the six months that you spent covering 
I don't know, uh, the, the local hospital or the building of the local hospital, something like that. I think there are ways that you can tell stories with your portfolio that will help uh, catch, catch our eye. So I will say the majority of what our clients come to us for is writing. That's probably going to be our foundation for a very long time. That being said, we have an increasing number of uh, brands who want video and they want, you know, reputable, experienced um, videographers and production teams who can carry out their vision. Um, I would say uh, we have an increasing number of brands as well who are looking for podcasters and people who understand that space. Social media is a little, you know, most of our brands and most of the brands I encounter have an internal social media team. So they might, you know, if anything, they'll ask for our writers to include social media copy uh, with the stories that they submit. Um, but, but by and large, you know, I don't think it's something you have to hide. I think you can talk about it in your bio, but it's not something that I see brands, um, at least the brands we work with, the larger brands, um, looking for freelance help. Now, if you're looking outside Contently, there's certainly, you know, a ton, I'm sure as your listeners know, a ton of smaller, medium-sized businesses that need social media help. So, uh, you know, as always, you have to think about your audience. If you're sending your Contently portfolio link to some um, smaller businesses um, outside of, you know, your relationship with Contently to have them look at it, you know, move your, move, you know, tailor to the audience. Then for that day, maybe move your stuff up um, as it's most pertinent to what they want. Um, I'd say, you know, it's so hard. It's, it's kind of what you want to get out of it, right? So if you're, if you're looking for writing work, obviously put the pieces you're most proud of that are most representative of the kind of work that you can do uh, up at the top. If you think that, you know, um, and then, but maybe include in your bio, maybe make sure that you have, you know, podcaster or, you know, writer, podcaster, and, you know, videographer, um, if you're that hyper-talented. <laughs> but um, I would say, you know, we're going to go, if it's us, we're going to go through your clips. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would just, it's, what's more important is that you um, illustrated what you can do in your bio and in your skill set section, uh, because we're, you know, that's, that's sort of the first thing we scrape to, to make sure that we're on the right path. And then we start looking in through the clips. Um, so make sure you have it highlighted in your bio. And then I really think that it's about putting your best clips forward, right? Um, just like, you know, the rule of, of digital marketing now is to put all the good stuff at the top of the story because people don't finish. Um, we will finish looking through your stuff, but it's just, I, I would put what you're most proud of at the top. And, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of a, a baseline and then, you know, switch it up and see, uh, see if you get a different response uh, based on that. Your portfolio is your brand, right? And, and certainly how you conduct yourself and, your level of professionalism and things like that are also part of your brand. I think journalists understand from an editorial level about writing for their audience. Certainly, edit, certainly um, editors do, and I think journalists. I think journalists do at an editorial level. But I think what you have to understand as a journalist, if you want to move into the content space, that you have to you have to 
brand yourself for your audience as well, right? You have to present yourself um, based on what your audience needs. So if you are, if your objective is to get X amount of work, uh, you know, uh, in the in the finance space, um, then you better highlight all of your uh, finance journalism experience um, front and center up at the top. Um, I think that you better speak to, you know, the publications you've worked for, uh, your your beats that you've worked on at great depth. Um, you're essentially, you know, and, and, and most importantly, how you can solve the problems of your potential clients. So, you know, all content, you know, content is a way of solving for a need for brands. And, you know, the people who create that content are also fulfilling that function. They're solving a problem. They're solving a pain point. They're fulfilling a need. So the more that you as a journalist can write about what you bring to the table, not just in skill level, but what you can do to serve the needs of, say, you know, financial clients who need vibrant storytelling or financial clients who need to reach, you know, lay audiences, uh, the more likely it is that someone's going to, you know, um, highlight your, their portfolio or, or add you to their shortlist because they get the sense that you understand them, you understand what their problem is and you, and you know, you know, presumably you'll know how to fix it. So that's, that's all that this is, is, is showing how you can solve a need. And that doesn't mean just showing your skills, but showing that you understand the need. I'd love for your listeners, I'd love to invite them to uh, read The Freelancer at Contently.net and uh, to register for a portfolio at Contently.com slash register uh, so you get a chance to work with our clients. Thanks, Deanna, for giving some really really helpful advice on building content e-portfolio and um, taking our journalistic skills and making them useful for brands um, adding content marketing to the mix of your freelance projects is a good way to earn a bit more money and I'm always up for learning new ways and genres of writing I feel it just makes me a better writer so uh yeah, go over to Contently and I've got a portfolio on there, sachandrika.contently.net. Have a look if you want an idea of how to build one. Well, that's it for another episode of Freelance Pod. If you enjoyed what we talked about in this episode, please do get involved on social. You can find Freelance Pod on Instagram as at FreelancePod, on Twitter as at Freelance underscore pod underscore. There's a Facebook group called Freelance Pod. And you can also sign up for the newsletter. The URL is in the show notes. Don't forget that the success of this podcast relies on you, the listeners. If you do enjoy it, please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes. This means that other listeners will find out that this podcast exists and they'll come and join us too. That's it for now. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye.